welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Welcome to today's show. Uh, Jenny's joining me again. Say hello, Jen. Hi. Hi. If you haven't um, listened to any of my shows before, Jen um, has come on recently a couple of times, talk about mortgages, mortgage interest rates, and talk about wills, because that's an area that she specializes in. Um, And you can go and check those out um, in the show, like just go and have a look at all the shows and you can see what they're called and you'll hear about Jen there. So Jen works with myself in Evolution Financial Planning. Um, How long we work together now, Jen? Going on 10 years almost, 2014, 2013. Yeah, 10 years. That's crazy. Sorry, that's mad. I don't don't feel like I'm old enough for that to be true. I think you're lying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So life cover and insurances. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, one of my pet hates, I hate flicking through Facebook and I see a particular company that advertises life cover for mums and it's one of my like I don't know why but I just find that all the marketing is just so scaremongery um right it's not nice is it no and it's the way it's advertised as well to sell for five pound a month you can get life cover it's not that simple is it really no I mean I mean there's also policies which you think are oh that's all I need but they're accidental. I heard an advert on the radio. It was like Heart Radio or something, and they have loads of adverts. And it was, I think it was accidental life cover. So you, you can, if you have to die, but it has to be an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. loads of conditions. Yeah. So, yeah. and so how do we know, if anyone knows how they're going to die, then I, I don't think they would need life cover in the first place, right? So it's, it's, although it's a regulated area, I just find there's a lot of, not, not I wouldn't say mis-selling, because it's better that you have something rather than nothing, but there's no real advice in that process, right? It's sort of random figures that are pulled out of the air. And how much life cover do you need? Do, do you know? It's, it's it depends. Depends, really. It depends on your mortgage, what you'd need life cover for, family, you know, expenditures. You can get life cover for whatever whatever suits your needs um, yeah I mean it often comes back to choice but uh, price sorry um but life covers actually quite cheap these days we're, we're living longer statistically yep. we're living longer and we're, medical prevention means that we survive things yep. although we might not be happy in that survival we might be in a really bad state but we're not dying um yep. I mean I had a client recently who unfortunately had a stroke and he's got a very good job, single pet, single earner, um, couple, um, older children. They've got life cover, but he's uh, had a heart attack and um, they've only got life cover because they thought, well, I'll, I'll get sick pay through work. Oh. And actually their mortgage could have got cleared had they had more cover. And then for a lot of people, a lot of clients, I find 
where do you draw the line right where do you stop going well that's enough. like I paid for my life cover plus it's not called critical illness it's like critical illness but it's called serious illness oh yeah that's uh, vitality now I, I've I've got it at a time when it was a lot cheaper than what you can get it now so I'm not saying that people should have it now or it's better than standard critical illness because actually at that time when I took it out standard critical illness which I'll talk about more in a minute was um much more black and white it's actually it's a um what's the right word it's, it's just have developed a lot in the last sort of 10 years I guess yeah and when you cancel a policy you lose all of that previous definition of cover so i'm unlikely to change that policy and insurance companies rely on that right yeah um, so um I have, i've got that vitality one and I, I pay a lot of money for that like we're talking over 150 pound a month for that policy and it clear my mortgage if i died if my husband died it clear my mortgage and then this one's serious illness so it p- pays potentially 100 percent based on a certain definition and it's got a lot of definitions attached to it yeah, you got the extra cover. I mean, nowadays I found that um, it's cheaper if you get life cover and critical illness than critical illness standalone, which yeah. sometimes I've had a case where I've told the client, right, I know you are single, you need critical illness, but it's cheaper to get life cover as well. They give that to you for free for the same premium. So you might as well have it and gift it, you know, set set a trust in place and just gift it to whoever you want. Or Family you... member. That was down to an EU regulation that came into place, by the way, um, which, yeah. I mean, they get free life cover with it, so fine, right? But people are like, well, well where do I join the line? Do I, you know, is, is £150 a month too much? Is £200 a month too much? To me, people have, even if they can afford it or not, they have like, it's a bit like when someone gave you a quote for, painting your bathroom or tiling your bathroom mm. or something and that you've got a price in mind that you're willing to pay and someone will go oh it cost you oh three thousand pounds and then someone mm-hmm. else will say oh it's going to cost you five thousand pounds and in your head you had about 500 quid <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean it, it depends you can always so if you've got a specific budget we can work through that we can start with Oh, have I lost the you? budget and see where that takes us. Sometimes it can be enough. Sometimes it might not be. Depends really what you want to cover and how much you want. But um, yeah. it's uh, it's something we can start for sure. So if you tell me, yeah, I'll put fifty pounds, sixty pound budget. What can we get? Then we can have a look and then see what obviously like what that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean the way the way that I um when I worked uh, for another a company years and years ago, you'd, you'd you had to get a budget from a client. You had to give them an amount and then you would sort of try and mix and match it yeah so um like I would do life cover for the mortgage and then I would do half each critical illness not the full amount so they had half the mortgage cleared so if something happened to one of them there were two single policies yeah not joint which sometimes can only cost like a little fraction a bit more but that way you could have two covers so two lots of life covers that's double the cover which is handy um and the life cover front but half on the critical slash serious illness so if one of them had a heart attack and then two years later 
uh, the other one had cancer, the mortgage would be cleared in that scenario. Yeah, because they'll pay out twice instead of one. If you've got a joint cover, then yeah, obviously it just pays out once. But if the the couple one and then something happens to the other one as well, then having two policies is better than having you know. Yeah, just, then that, but so, it, it's better than nothing, right? If you can't mm -hmm. afford a hundred percent critical illness for both of them, and then what I would do is a little bit of what I had spare. I would then, if they had like sick pay at work, for self-employed, obviously it's different. You can still have a policy, but it's not like you've got sick pay you can attach it onto. Yep. You need enough good enough cash flow in the business to for it to kick in later. So if you had sick pay at work, it would say it was like three months full pay, three months half pay. Yeah, you could tag tag it on and say, okay, well I'll do three months um, half pay, and then after the total of six months, you can then have full pay for. Well, when I was doing income protection years ago, you'd only get it for the term. Now you can do a year, two years. Uh, five yeah, years. certain providers will will uh, make it easier for you, especially if you are a, a teacher or uh, you work for the NHS. Then obviously, because you get six months cover, um, but pay um, sick pay, you can always make it start later. And it makes the, the premiums cheaper as well. The longer you leave it before you have to yeah. claim. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with that client, I did so end up having 100% life cover for the mortgage, half of their mortgage, but it what half each. So both in total, there was 100% in total between them. So mm -hmm. they both had to claim to have 100% payout. And then the sick pay would kick in after basically their work stopped paying them. Um, and that, but if they had the budget for that, some people, you know, that's not £10 a month, right? <laughs> I mean, this 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 is like, why do we need life cover? Is it is the title of um this podcast? But really, it's a bit Peace of a trick. Peace of question. mind. Peace of mind. It, imagine something happens tomorrow, like you said earlier. We don't know when we're going to die. Imagine tomorrow something happened when you want your mortgage paid up and not having to worry. Obviously, it's stressful enough with everything that's going on without you thinking, "Oh my God, how am I going to pay my mortgage? My other half is not here anymore. What are we going to do?" It's the last thing you want to be thinking about, like the last thing you yeah. want to be worried about. I mean, I've had those conversations with widows where they literally they don't know what they've got uh, they don't know what their partners did and trust me the, as a financial advisor the first thing you want to do you just think to yourself uh, holy please please tell me they've got something or I did something we had at least had a conversation about it that they've got something in place um especially if there's a mortgage but even if they haven't got a mortgage I mean actually there's a more of a need these days because lifestyle okay mortgage interest rates have recently gone up but for a like record period of time, people have been in a beautiful low interest rate holiday period. And unfortunately, it's a bit of a shock to the system where these, unfortunately, these are normal rates that are, we're now having. Bear in mind, I've been in the industry like over 20 years. These are around the sort of 4% bank base rate would be sort of an average, really. Yeah. Um, slightly edging up a bit, bit higher now, but we've been in a really privileged low interest rate period. But people have them not save that difference because they're not all super you know and I'm not saying I have <laughs> but what you should do is save the difference right what we don't we don't we go and get bigger cars we go on more holidays we, we we have a bigger lifestyle so actually what you need life cover for is not just the mortgage it's no legacies as well yeah definitely if if you've got all day and then something happened because not everybody's got a mortgage but it's still useful to have, you know, protection, some kind of protection, you know. You never know what can happen. Imagine you you found out you've got a critical illness tomorrow and then you haven't got that. Well, how are you going to cope? It would be very difficult, especially if, like you say, lifestyle choices and whatever you do. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good idea. I think it's helpful. 
the question is is that if you've got a partner would that partner be able to go go out and earn the same level of income that that other person that's passed well it's statistically it would be unlikely imagine if you have children for example yeah, uh, imagine if you've got a commitment you you can take a, a, a you know you normally do a 50 percent. could you take a hundred percent on and do it or it's not it's not physically no. possible is there no you're not probably having to sell the property yes yeah, it's, it's, it's scary and that goes back to that sort of scary marketing that's why people use that scary marketing to get people to think about it but unfortunately people won't think about it until they've had an experience yeah. or they've seen someone else go through something similar and unfortunately that often only comes with age as you get older you start to realize that you actually you're not invincible um or, or people have children right they have children and they realize that they've got there's another person to think about um so life cover is not always just for the mortgage. It can actually be over and above that. And depending yeah. on what like what lump sum you want to leave. Or I've done a lot of um, years ago when I used to do a lot of life cover, I used to do um, family income benefit, which sounds like you're like a government like benefit. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's not. It's just but it's just um, it's quite income. a good one. It's quite a good cover because if anything happens, you know that you'll be getting this money to help you cover your uh, outgoing. So it's, yeah. it's a very good policy. Um, quite you, cheap as well. I think I was like, they were like eight or nine quid sometimes. And it yeah. would pay like 1,500, two grand a month on the event of someone dying. And then you could do it to the children, say 21 or 25. Yeah. And then it would pay out that income. Unfortunately, you hope that they haven't have to experience such an awful thing. Um, but at least in the eventuality that it does, that the income then from the family isn't drop doesn't drop at the same time. Yeah. Um, so over and above life cover, we've mentioned critical illness slash serious illness. Critical illness is in the mainstream, so it's really worth people looking at their policies. And what would what what things would you look for in a policy when someone's looking at what they've currently got when it comes to critical illness, Jen? So the term. Because obviously, uh, you might need a longer term. Because let's face it, everybody with mortgage, sometimes you have to extend your mortgage. So the term. So if you end up having a, you know, a twenty-five year mortgage, but you only got twenty years left, for example, on your mortgage cover, then you're missing five years. So it's worth looking into. So either revising this cover, obviously, like we said earlier, sometimes you don't want to touch it because it's such a good cover, but you can get the extra with another cover just to top it up. Yeah. Um, so it's worth and the amount as well like how much you know sometimes we go and get second charges or you might might not be a secured loan but you might have a really large like maybe debt of some yeah, car, car, cars are really expensive these days yeah. and you might want extra top up for that kind of thing not yeah. that it's an asset by the way um nor is a house technically but that's a subject for another day yeah. um, <laughs> it, it's such a broad uh conversation there's so much to cover isn't there there's never yeah. enough to day so it's so bits and bobs there and there but yeah for sure I mean even if you... what are definitions though of cover because the policies from years and years ago you'd have like you are covered for cancer and that's it they just say cancer it's like you're covered for five yeah. things multiple cirrhosis cancer stroke heart attack and MS like oh, I already said MS didn't I um I don't know uh oh that'll be where like loss of limbs or things that, like yeah. that kind of thing you've lost both your arms you've had 100 percent blindness so things like that so really quite limited whereas now come at some of the newer policies you're talking like 76 definitions depending on the provider yeah some of them do cover quite a lot so it's always important when i'm cho choosing a policy um i'm always looking to see 
how much cover we can get. So for example, policy A might be 50 pound, but it won't cover as much, but 50, policy B might be 52 pound, but we'll cover five or 10 extras. So I'm like, okay, so for two pound extra, you could potentially get that extra on there as well. So it will cover that. So it's worth considering definitely, but yeah, there's- Sometimes there's extra for kids as well. Like you can have your kids- Some of them do. Free, yeah. You can add, add the kids on certain policies or it's already added um, as a free cover on there. No, it's, it's probably worse than something happening to you. My mm -hmm. friend, had a little bo a boy had leukemia and it is turned all the other children, their lives upside down because they're just, you know, having to focus so much on this, you know, it's ill boy, really. It's awful, awful thing to think about. And the last thing you want to be worrying about is like, you know, how are you going to pay your bills and go to work and that kind of stuff when people are looking at their existing policies when it comes to existing definitions what's a good sign that they've got a good amount of cover or a bad amount of cover what do you mean so well you can like, say let's just say they're with i don't know a company and they look they they look at their policy schedule not that people keep it or document like look at it like we do it but... should do <laughs> <laughs> um but... it for them if they are yeah not what's a what's a, a good policy and what's a, a bad like an old policy where it's like five things that are quite vague is probably not a, is, is not good but sometimes for example let's just say it says cancer all cancer whereas a new policy would never have that it would no it would be selective so if in an old policy if you've got all cancer then you're okay but on a new policy it will tell you for example uh it needs to be a certain type of cancer or you need to recover from that cancer you need to have this you can't have that etc etc so we've got to be very careful when we check yeah your document i think skin cancer is a good example so yeah you might have like a little no that's a good example. So in old yeah, policies, something like yeah, it's somewhere, might... but yeah, I can't pronounce. Sorry, I just lost you for a minute. So I don't mean to talk over you. Um, right. Yeah, like yeah, carcinoma. Like on newer policies, they wouldn't be covered because actually, if it's not spreadable, if it's a spreadable cancer, then yes, it could be skin cancer, yeah. but not spreadable. Um, and like for example, on older policies, it might cover breast cancer, but on a newer policy, it yeah. would be um, they breast cancer is a good example where it's not spreading to any other organ they mm. do a mastectomy which is you know it's a horrific thing to go through as a woman but mm. some of those policies that are like the mid not the old old ones which just like all cancers but they're middle of the road they have no payout for breast cancer whereas some of the newer policies will go okay we're not going to give you a hundred percent payment but we're going to give you 25 50 000 because what you've gone through is really terrible so yeah. There's, it's a really broad it really does depend doesn't it on the policy and when it was taken out because it's, it's such an evolving fast-moving area definitely 100 percent changed so much over the last even the i would say even the last five years uh let alone As? 20 yeah, years some some policies like they don't do certain covers anymore like a redundancy cover don't think you can get it anymore i've looked oh really none i think there's one or two left no no, you couldn't. In 2020, they cancelled them all. Like, you couldn't get anywhere. But oh. I'm about bringing it back, but I don't know. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, you couldn't. You can get a sick accident sickness, but not 
redundancy. Oh, shout out school. You should have to you know, put them <laughs> in the bank. Um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do a lot yes, of did more of the income protection because I sort of moved over. I worked for Bradford Bingley. Oh, yeah. For Alliance and Leicester, they had accident and sickness. And that's when, you know, like the controversy that you hear now about people being sold loans and then they have the accident and sickness unemployment attached to it, sold with it. Um, you know, thankfully, I just skipped over that and I went to Bradford and Bingley and they're independent. So you were then taught not to offer accident and sickness because that's sort of quite a short term sort of plug basically the underwriting for accident and sickness just to explain yeah. to people is underwritten at the point of claim whereas income protection is underwritten at the point of application and then it's you have then a policy so if you come to claim you're more likely to get a payout whereas accident and sickness it's only a 12-month policy and the chances of you getting a payout is less basically definitely i've got i've got a client actually who's um had a policy, very old policy, I won't name the provider, um, but the conditions, there's no chance that he would ever get a payout. And he's been paying, what, £50 a month for like wow. 15 years. And it's like the conditions, for example, one I can remember is you need to be unemployed for 14 weeks. And if you in that time, you're not looking for a job, we're not going to pay. It's it's just crazy. And there's no way it would get a payout for that. So, yeah, def it's, yeah. But that's what it was back Definitely then. Were, were worth reviewing policies that you're paying for, yeah. right? And check what you're actually paying for. Ring up the provider, ask them questions. Um, and check what you've actually got in place. And, and then that if that needs adjusting, like you were mentioning before, the term, the amount, the, the the amount it might pay out or the monthly amount. So if you've got income protection, especially, you need to, up, to update the provider. So if you took out insurances at income protection years ago and you haven't then spoken to the advisor that offered it to you, you still need to communicate with the actual insurance provider and tell them if you've changed jobs. So, for example, you were insured for, I don't know, is a... a, a a taxi driver and you're now stacking shelves but you're covered for income protection and you've not updated them then that could cause a problem at claim because you're yeah. actually not under the same you're not covered for the same thing anymore yeah. it's on the terms and condition if there you've got a specific change obviously you need to let them know um it, it's a, it's quite a fine line i mean it's always good to to keep track of everything you've got anyway and review so it's at that point you think right okay i need to let them know i've moved for example if you move in need to let them know so with my clients every time they move i always like make sure you know if i can't do it some some provider will allow, tell them make sure you've updated all your details because obviously it's, it's important the yeah, words yeah. Yeah, they want to keep a record of them your, your, your cover i think one of the things that um I used to do for clients years ago and I, I don't do it as much anymore because I'm doing more of the, the pensions and investments but um, I used to get them to have a folder and I'd give them a spread like um, it was what you own and where you kept I still probably got it somewhere um, I think we have it's on file yeah I've seen it oh, yeah. yeah and you put in like basically what you own and where yeah. it's kept and then you keep that with your document so if something was to happen to you like you passed away people would know what actual cover you've got in place because otherwise I say that to all my clients yeah especially when I do wills keep everything in one place so that it's easier for everyone to know everyone to get to yeah. yeah so I want to talk about trust life life policy and trust and I want to talk about business insurance um uh, but before I go on to that I want to tell you a very quick story about the difference between critical illness and income protection so Years and years and years ago, I remember vividly this conversation with this couple and I gave them a quote for life cover, life and critical illness and income protection. 
and I recommended life cover, critical illness and income protection. It was within their budget. And um, they said to me, no, we're not going to do the, which way around was this? Make sure I get this right, this story right in my head. Um, was it the, the life cover? No, they did the life cover, but she went, basically, they rang me up and um, they didn't take out income protection or critical illness. They, 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 they only did one of them. So they were like, why do we need both? Um, and I explained the benefits of each, which critical illness, basically, it pays out on a defined definition of a diagnosis. So if it was like cancer, like we described, mm-hmm. it, as long as it's not like, you know, what was described a moment ago, um, and it would pay out 100%, then the mortgage would be cleared. Um, income protection, you might be signed off sick by the doctor, and it will pay an income, and you could be signed off sick for whatever it is, as long as you haven't been sick for it before. Jen, you know this. I'm not telling, teaching you. I'm no, no, I know. No, no, it's um, good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> revision for you, love. <laughs> been doing this a long time now. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't need it. Go on. I'm testing um, you now. Go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's me. Ask me a question. Um, so, yeah. Uh, where was I? Income protection. Um, de- define, it's not a defined illness. It's, you can be signed off sick for whatever. You're, you know, it could be a bad back. As long as you haven't had a bad back before, it will pay out kind of thing. And loosely speaking, there are terms and conditions around it. So um, the, they didn't want to do both. They said, we'll take our chances that we're, we're, you know, we won't do both. So anyway, a number of years went past. He rings me up and says, my wife has been diagnosed. I think it was ca- cancer, actually. I said, first thing goes from, oh my God, what did we do? What insurance did we do? Um, and anyway, she, um, they didn't take out the critical illness. They did do the income protection. So normally speaking, that's a good thing because their thought process was, well, if we're signed off sick and we're not going, we're not going back to work, then at least it will cover whatever she's sick for rather than a defined definition. So that was their thought process. Did, you, did they take for life income protection? Like we say, no limits on it because you got different. Yeah. T- the life cover with income protection, no, but no critical illness. And it was the more expensive out of the three. So that's another probably reason why. Um, but there wasn't like a smaller an amount of critical illness. It was just none at all. So um, I said, okay, great. So what do we insure you for? And he's like, well, actually, um, the insurance company aren't paying out on the income protection. I said, okay, well, why is that then? Well, technically, she's she's not actually stopped work. I went, what do you mean? I said, well, she's gone. For, she's going for treatments, but work are just letting her go for treatments. And actually, she doesn't want to sit at home the rest of the time. She's coming to work. So she's actually not off sick. <laughs> And therefore, she can get a sick note from her doctor, but she's getting paid by the employer. And all the time she's getting paid by the employer, there's no policy to pay out for. And I think that's just a really important definition for people to understand that we don't know what's going to happen and what how that's going to play out for the company that you work for, what kind of illness you could get, what you could be off sick for, how long you're going to be off sick for. So our standard is to have all of it. But it's the really the client's decision what risk they want to take as to what how that might play out. Yeah. I just thought as a night a good story I tell a lot of clients when they they're, they're trying to work out how much cover they should have. Definitely. Um, so trust. What's the benefit of putting life policies in trust, Jen? Okay. I've lost her again. So it pays out quicker. 
Oh, so that means go. you don't have to wait. Pardon? You, just... you don't have, it pairs out. Yeah, your screen freezes up sometimes. So it pairs out quicker. So it means that if you're, you need to go to probate, you don't have to wait. You can just contact the insurance company and deal with them as long as you are the trustee on the policy. Um, so it avoids delays, really. And it's just a simpler way of saying, right, the policy belongs to you or to whoever is assigned to trustee and a beneficiary. Uh, there's no way. It's a lot quicker. So I advise everybody to put their policies into trust. Right. OK. And then the last thing to talk about is business insurance. So we've talked about personal insurance so far. Um, so people insure their cat, their dog, the car, the washing machine, the boiler. Um, but they don't tend to think much beyond that. We've talked about other things that they can do personally, life cover, critical illness, slash serious illness and income protection, either as employed or now let's talk about self-employed and business owners. So one big change I've noticed recently is that income protection that I mentioned for in, like for employed people that you tag on yep. is now is now called executive income protection. If you are a business owner. And the biggest change I've seen is that years ago, the price was five times more expensive to run it through the business. But the difference now is actually on most, is, is, there is no difference. The no, same there it is, it is. I mean, I've got a client uh, who's got a limited, we're doing income protection at the moment and there's no difference. So everything is as part of, but it depends out obviously how many directors you've got next to trouble. She's on her own. So she's always a limited. So we put it for as normal and then she can pay, pay out through the business. So the price is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, they're just now obviously limited instead There's of a massive benefit. So years ago, like, like I said, it was literally three times more. So it was no point putting it through the business. You would put it through your own personal name. But the benefit of putting it through the business is that actually it's a business expense. So if you've got quite large, you know, tax and profitability through the business, it can be worthwhile. But I, I was talking to one of the insurance companies the other day. And what he was mentioned to me was, was that that when you then put it through, um as a business is that the insurance company increase because it's not paid out the same but it's paid through the limited company therefore it's taxed so you can increase therefore the policy cover by 20 percent. so rather than having a cap at say 60 percent, this is different for each insurance company but yeah. let's say 60 percent on average you can actually insure it for 80 percent because that 20 percent difference means that that your the net effect as you paid out to you as a, a personal person um, is then the same as what it would be if it was personal. Mm -hmm. So if you had the same amount of cover for personal to business, it'd be, it's paid out differently. And therefore the one that's paid to you personally is not taxed. Whereas the one through the business is therefore you'd effectively have more cover through the limited company. So then mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well does that extra cost offset the tax? And they've got like a little calculator on their website, but I tend to refer clients to their accountant to to get. Yeah, them. yeah, we can't we can't really talk. Well, I can't talk about tax, so. <laughs> no, I think, I I think it covers all all things of tax, right? But and and I can work out a, a brief calculation on that example. But I I think people's circumstances are so individual that it's best that they they speak to their accountant about it. Definitely. Um. What other kinds of insurances can you do as a business owner? That's not like the standard liability insurance because we don't do that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. 
um, we talked about income protection as you can as a limited company sole trader you can have as like a, basically it's like sick pay for yourself yeah. um, what else is there so you've got a uh, relevant relevant life and you've got key man obviously I don't think they call it key man I'm just old oh. school it's a different name school. yeah so where you can key person key person not, so not what it is key person. person yeah yeah well <laughs> it's, it's hard sometimes to move from the terms you you know you've learned many years ago to the new yeah, term you just can't drop them yeah. as well so, yeah. so uh you got so one insurance will basically i've lost protect it. the main person within your business pay through by the business by the directors depending on who that is and the other one will pay out to the business to support obviously the loss of a person uh, yeah. where the business uh, you know needs for let's say advertising obviously they lost that income where they lost that extra income from the job the, the person person's was... no longer there that's it just think of an example so let's just say you're a car showroom and you've got a you're a director you own it on your own but you've got a really good important salesperson on the sales floor and if they was to be off sick you would really struggle as a business they're a key person in your business then you can ensure effectively the business can ensure that role so that you can still pay them a salary whilst they're off sick and actually pay effectively someone else to do that job yeah, so it would pay for training, et cetera, et cetera, to put someone else within that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it's really good cover. They've got, uh, and it's so it's changed from back in the day as well. They've made it a lot better as well. So a lot more possibilities and whatever. I mean, yeah, insurances, whatever you need it for, there is a solution really now. Yeah, it's just finding the right price point. And then the other one you mentioned that's relevant life. That's more like, um, like having a death in service really that's if you're so employed. But the business is paying for it. Um, and also then you've got you can have partnership liability. So if you've got two directors that own like I've got one at the moment. And there's, a, there's a two ladies. They own one. They own this company. Um, one of them is um, married and secure, happy, like all good. But the partner, um, her husband, would have nothing to do with their, this business. He has no skill set or understanding or training. And then the other one is in a really loving relationship, but they're not married and they have a child. But actually, from an asset perspective, she wouldn't want the asset to pass to the partner. She'd want it to pass to the child. So we're discussing um, partnership insurance, which is like relevant life, like that death in service. But effectively, her share of that company when they die, if one of them was to die, would mean that the husband could come in and basically take over or demand that she finds and it's a it's a very it's a massive it's really expensive business but it, to anyone even 20 30 40 grand mm. but we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds that her the price would be this business would be worth um so that basically buy out the, the husband or buy out the son potentially depending on what the will says which obviously i've discussed with them yeah. um and um sorry the puppy's in here and he's just curled up on his beanbag it's really cute um i don't know if he's coming in here today it's really cute it's following me around i quite like it um, I would pick him up, but I think I'd upset him, so I can't show you right now. Um, oh. You'd nap him. It's like a baby. Don't wake the baby. Wake the baby. <laughs> yeah. um, what was I saying? Yeah, so we'd have to pay, like, effectively pay off the son um, when it's because it's effectively the business becomes, their, their assets become the part that they the share. And so I've been discussing of having life cover, which will basically allow their partners to be in the son to be paid off, and then yeah, they can retain 100% share in the company. Yeah. And that was quite a scary, scary conversation. They were like, what? No, 
I don't want him getting involved. Um, and it was quite a, you know, in two, two separate conversations with two, two, two different people about the same business, about mm. the same set of scenarios, similar on not wanting that to happen. Um, but we then can come together and come for a policy that will help them both. Yeah. I think that's the main ones though, isn't it? So it's like partnership insurance, right? Relevant life insurance. And key person. <laughs> and then executive income cover, yeah. which we've, we've talked about. They're the main ones, really, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Is that bad then, Jen? No, I think that's it. As long as you know, you know what you want to do, uh, and it fits your fits your circumstances. We can always find something that will be suitable. Um, people don't tend to think about these. Like once you've had these, like those conversations that I just had with that client. Unless we get to the point where you're willing to have that conversation, it's not an easy conversation to have to like basically kill people off and pretend people are dying. It's not not a nice thing to do. Um, people don't tend to think about this stuff, right? No, yeah, but I mean, it's people with mindset start to change where before the older generation thought about that. Now the younger generation actually thinking, well, you know, I mean, we need to protect that because. Since COVID, so much has happened and people have lost people and they've been in that position thinking, I don't want this to happen to me. So yeah. they're thinking ahead now. So I think due to this, people are thinking about it more and they're thinking, yeah. well, it needs to be done because imagine tomorrow something happens to me. What would happen to our family? What would happen to our home? What, how would everybody cope? So no, it's, it's definitely something to consider. So a little top tip would be to sit down with your partner or um, whether it's husband, wife, um you know you know whoever's in your close in your life whether it's like you haven't got a partner and you're single but you have children but you're very close with your parents or um you know we have to have similar conversations when like Jen does wheels and when I used to do wheels I don't do them anymore um it's like well what will happen to the kids if something happens to you oh my mum well you know, no we need to have an actual proper conversation yeah. Same with executors, you know, who do you want to be? Oh, my my sister can do it. Well, you actually need to talk to your sister about it. You're going to tell them. I think it's a really good idea to sit down with the family. And it's not a very, it's a bit of a morbid conversation, but I promise no one has had these conversations and then something's miraculously happened. You are not in any way um, wishing it upon yourself by having these conversations. No. Um, I think if anything, um, you're, if you're into energy work, you're sort of just getting your, your affairs in order. order um and um okay. unfortunately we do talk to, talk to clients who are very poorly or not necessarily always terminal but that this is the these conversations are the ones that they're then having and it's all very rushed and last minute um and we speak to a lot of people that are inheriting houses from family members um, or assets from family members and the ones that are most stressed are the ones where the, the, they've not had their finances in order so by having these conversations getting your finances in order having everything in the right place means that you can actually do your family a massive world of good for the for the future if anything was to happen to you and likewise those that are listening that you're thinking oh my god I don't know I'm I am that executor I am that guardian and then we haven't had enough of a conversation it might be that your executor to your parents um, estate um, or a guardian to children um, and you're not thinking of what's in place for you know what, what would happen if something happened to them then go back and, and ask them to have a conversation about this and sit down with a cup of coffee, cup of tea, whatever to float your boat and um, just, just talk about it and get it down in writing so everyone knows where things are and what's going on. Definitely. It's not worth the paper it's written on at the end of the day. If it's not written down, 
it might be more complicated than it's worth um, at the end of the day. So yeah, always sit down, make notes of everything. And I mean, it's really strange in our profession. I mean, I'm really open about all these conversations. I'm really comfortable, I think, because we talk I've almost lost her again. Talk about it day and day out. Even at home, I can talk about it too to my partner. And I'm like, oh, and it's like, my God, even my daughter's like, oh, she's so morbid. I'm, like, I'm not morbid. It's, yeah. you know, that's things we talk about. But comfortable to admit that it's going to happen to all of us and we just need to be prepared. So, yeah. I know it's, it's harder for other people, though, isn't it? I think there's a fear that, you know, it was going to wish something upon them or, um, you know, the dead, you know, the bears thinking about, you know, you don't want to think about those kind of things. And I totally understand that. Um, but it's not the sort of thing you want to leave to the last minute. Um, and it's certainly not the not the certain thing. I mean, as people get older, you can't get insured. No. Um, so if I was going to take out critical illness now compared to, I took it out 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. Actually, no, nine years ago, I moved into my house. That's when I renewed, I took out my initial insurance. Yeah. If I tried to do it now, I'm thankful and I'm extremely lucky that I don't have any new conditions. I am very lucky. I'm 43. But the chances of me getting them now are five times more in the next 10 yeah. years. So therefore, if I tried to take out that cover now, it would be five times more expensive. It's really funny you saying that. Um, one of my um, friends slash clients, somebody I've known for a long time, uh, elderly, um, did the will for him, etc. Had a massive stroke uh, a couple of years ago. We did cover protection back then when we did the will. We talked about everything else. Um, he's had a stroke and uh, his daughter contacted me a few weeks ago to say can we talk about Hall of Life that's another cover that's quite good yeah uh, well you know he's 78 he's had a stroke you know he's had a stroke it's going to be very difficult nobody at that point will want to cover that because they want to cover the inheritance tax liability so it was a difficult conversation because obviously you have to explain to them that if you'd done it when he was fit and healthy like 10 years ago, then potentially, yes, we could have done it. But at this moment in time, obviously, with everything, because um, it's quite a good policy. I mean, you pay it out and on death, you just get a lump sum to pay off your, you know, if you've got an inheritance tax. That means but, some people are not so worried. They just think, well, they're going to have to live on less money that they're inheriting mm. if they've got an inheritance tax liability, of course. Um, but they can be very expensive. I mean, like, again, like if I took one out now, it would be so much more cheaper. But then I'm paying how long, you know, I could be living for another 40 years. So, you know, how much you end up paying into it um, is, I think that's that that's the only question for a lot of people. But then, yeah, I, I find whole of life can be a little bit hit and miss. It really is only right for certain people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Massive, you know, massive tax liability, which... To be honest, it's normally the people that are getting the benefits and more interested in, which is probably why you had the daughter ring you rather than him ring you about. Yeah, no, I think he wanted to have this conversation, but I think it was easier for her to engage in it. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm there when they need. So but he hasn't, I haven't really seen him a lot lately, obviously, because of whatever's happened. So yeah. it's, it's difficult, but yeah. yeah, there's, I mean, the whole life can be for a lot of things. Like I've had a, a dad wanted to leave a legacy for his children so he's took out a whole of life when he was younger like we did it years ago so you know that when that happens then at least his children will have something 
so there is different as yeah I said, and, and I years. think that's a good point because I, I actually my mother-in-law took out a life policy um, and she's been paying it for years on on that kind of basis but it was only until till she was I think like 70 um and so it will run out and then she, there's no legacy so then there's you know it, it's it's I think she'd have, I did quote her at one point for whole of life and it was that much but she was that bit older and it was that much more expensive that she thought well actually I'll, I won't bother I'll leave it I think she was worried about her retirement income therefore and paying a, an expensive policy I think she was more concerned about that mm-hmm. um so it, it, everyone's circumstances are different right definitely well I've enjoyed our chat today we've been talking yeah. about, about insurance have we that yeah, was that what, long. like nearly an hour. Oh wow! It didn't feel that. It's just a conversation, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, there's some podcasts that are, the whole focus of the whole podcast is just about insurances. Like there's financial services podcast about insurances, and they have week after week they just talk about one little bit of what we've discussed. Um, so it could, you know, you could actually create probably five ten weeks of content just on this one um but i don't know i like to keep things a little bit more varied in my life um so (laughs) what this month in september as this has been issued we've got a podcast coming out about from a fund manager about funds and investment risk um we've got one um about uh selling from the heart and selling in your business this one and think that's it that's four isn't it yeah, yeah that's four um so that's so that's september's nice i'm not sure when this one's coming out but those that are listening i hope you've enjoyed today's show um please do go and leave me a review on whatever profile you're on um do email me rebecca at rebecca robertson.co.uk i'd love to hear from you if you enjoy the show and if you want to have any uh, regulated financial advice around insurances um, following today's discussion and then please go to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk which is our regulated financial advice website anything to add jen no i think that's it it was really good well it's a goodbye for me if anybody need any got questions or anything they can always get in touch be happy to yeah. answer yeah yeah definitely um what have we got we could they can email um well, I won't give out our, our email addresses because it, it, you can email that Rebecca one. But if you've got more regulated questions, then you could always contact customer services at evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk. Um, so, Jenny, you're getting married soon. Are you changing your name? Uh, I think I will. Yes. I just, uh, yeah. yeah. What are you going to be, Jenny? Livermore. Livermore. Yeah. It sounds really posh. well it was lovely lovely having you on the next time you probably come on the show you're going to be jenny livermore not jenny jenny (laughs) delis no a bit easier for everybody to pronounce as well i don't know i I just never know how to spell it there's too many e's in your name yeah it's only two but yeah (laughs) this feels like there's so many i'm just exaggerating anyway so goodbye from me it's a goodbye from jen and thanks for coming on again jen i appreciate it yeah no worries bye thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth for further help or to connect with rebecca directly please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner book and how to further maximize your wealth 
Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning, for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.